Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. I tell you what, I think anybody can preach after that worship tonight. That was awesome. And I love having the kids in here on Wednesday nights, the elementary kids that get to come in here for praise and worship, and they get to be a part of that. They get to worship with the adults and watch their parents and watch other grownups so that they really learn what worship looks like, and I love that. And then they get dismissed over to their classes, which we have classes for all different ages over there. We love, we just love that. So if you have kids in with you tonight, I would encourage you, go check them in and let them go to kids' ministry. Um, I I did want to say all the the welcome part, welcome online, welcome tonight, and checking in with Facebook, everything that Troy talked about. You know, I asked Abby, I said, what's the mission statement for the technology department? And he told me it's using technology to take the gospel to all the world. And so you know what, we can partner with that by checking in, by sharing the link, by, by posting things on your social media, um, by checking in and, and anything like that, that, or writing something about Tree of Life Church, that you are helping take the gospel to all the world. And so we're so thankful for them and all they do to make that happen for us. Uh, tonight we have notes. I think if you didn't get any when, uh, when you walked in, there are notes. There's also live notes on the app, on the Tree of Life Church app. You can raise your hand if you didn't get notes when you walked in. And you also should have gotten a white sticker that was not to write your name on, but if you did, that's okay. You can raise your hand. We have stickers. What? We're out of, notes, but we we're out of, we're out of paper notes, so make sure you get the app and do live notes. Okay, but we, we do have stickers, so you'd have to write really tiny to get all the notes on that. But if you want a sticker, I want you to raise your hand because I need, I need you to do something with that. Last Sunday in Tree Kids, we took the opportunity to, um, every kid in Tree Kids got one of these stickers. The littler kids, they wrote on a big banner and they wrote their names or they traced their hand um, on it and the, kid, the teachers wrote their names for them. But the elementary kids, they actually took those stickers and they wrote a prayer or they wrote a scripture, or they wrote their name, or they wrote um, something that they're thankful for. And we took it outside, and I'm, I'm sure that you know by now that we're building a new wing in the kids' wing, and there's still a piece of it that's not covered up with siding yet. It's still got the plastic Tyvek up there. And we took literally, and I want us to take pretty literally tonight, the command in Deuteronomy 6, that we're to teach these things to our children, and we're to write them on the doorposts of our home. So you have a sticker. I'd like to ask you to do that tonight, to take a few minutes to write your name, to write, um, write a verse, write your favorite verse, write a prayer for the children's ministry, for our church. And when, when we leave tonight, I want you to go stick it on the white part of that building out there. It's going to be covered up soon in the next few days, but it will always be there. That's what we told the kids. Your name will always be on that building. You can bring your kids back and you can say, I prayed for this. This is where I went to church. My name is on the inside of that building. So I just wanted to give you the opportunity to do that as as well tonight. This is our last week of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I hope you've continued to engage with us. I noticed if you looked online that the prayer point for today was for our volunteers. And so if you're a volunteer, if you're here tonight and you volunteer anywhere at Tree of Life Church, we just want to say thank you. Every week in our staff prayer, we pray for you guys. We are so thankful that you join with us 
to share the gospel, whether it's with the kids or with the students out in the parking lot to be that first contact in the kitchen, whatever, wherever it is that you serve, we wanna say thank you. And we hope that these 21 days have created a habit for you to really set aside, to carve out a time for you to spend with God and make it, keep that up through the rest of 2017. And you know what? He's gonna be faithful and he's gonna answer those prayers. And so we also want you to share those with us on our live notes, um, on our app, but also on our website. You can go and share your story. So if you've been struggling with something and you have a breakthrough, you have a testimony, we'd love for you to share that with us because we wanna celebrate and rejoice with you on that. The last thing before we kind of get started, the kids also have 21 days of prayer and fasting. We had a calendar for them. This year it's practicing making godly choices. And the first week we fasted, um, we made healthy choices. We fasted sweets and we memorized scripture. And last week we made wise choices and we fasted media and they spent time with God in prayer. This week, in case you didn't know, we're fasting complaining. So if you would like to join with us in that, and we've encouraged the kids, write down what you're thankful for. Make a list and be thankful for those things, and don't worry about complaining. So before we get started tonight, let's go ahead and pray. Father, I just want to thank you for the opportunity tonight to bring what you have put on my heart. Father, we have prayed for open hearts. We've prayed that what I've communicated really are your words, God, and that I know what you have put inside me, it was for someone here tonight. It's for all of us, and it's for me, and it's for the people live streaming as well, because your word does not return void. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So if you were here last week, would you just raise your hands real quick? I wanna see, okay, great, perfect. If you weren't, that's okay. I'd like you to go back and stream it. Pastor Ken started a new series, and he preached the first lesson in the series called Finishing Strong. Finishing strong. So I want you to go back and listen to that. He did a really great job talking about how we cover, um, love covers a multitude of sins. And he used this scripture, Hebrews 12, one through three. I've asked him to put it up just to quickly, I'll, I'll read it for you, but it's also up on the screen. Therefore, we also, since we, have, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And he talked about having endurance to run the race that is set before us. I took notes on my app. That was the only like the second time I'd use that live notes app and it works great. And so this is what I wrote. He talked about endurance to having to run the race that is set before us and finishing strong so we don't become a statistic, so we don't get weak or give up, to have endurance lest we become weary or discouraged so that we can overcome those things and we can finish strong. I wanted to share just a little bit with you tonight about something I know about endurance. Um, some of you may or you may not know, but I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. And thank you. It's endurance. I'll tell you, you start out as a white belt. And as we say in karate, a black belt is just a white belt who never quit. 
They showed up at the practice, they continue to train, and you just work your way through, they help you along, they work your way through. And then there's that final year, the last year before you get your black belt, it's called our candidate year. You become a candidate for black belt. And it is a very, very intense year. Actually, it was my first year, I think, on staff. And Pastor Lemoyne thought I was really crazy. I do remember that. We do a lot of running. We do a lot of swimming. We swim for miles. We do thousands of push-ups. We do thousands of sit-ups. And we have a couple really tough events that test your endurance. In the, in the fall, we do something called 30 rounds. And in the spring or in January, we do something called 80 rounds. And basically, it's just what it sounds like. It's 80 rounds of fighting. You're in the gym. You got your gear on. And there's black belts surrounding you. You're in your little ring and they just rotate through and they're fresh and you're not. And there's, you fight for 10 rounds, you get a five minute break, 10 rounds, five minute break, all the way for 80 rounds. It's almost four and a half hours of almost nonstop fighting. They don't really hit you that hard, but they do make you keep going. And I can remember being really taken down on the floor and I can just remember Master Pratt just yelling at me, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare quit, have that endurance. Once you get your black belt, he kind of reminds you that really this is just the beginning and you need to continue training. He says that I want you to be the same out in the world as you are in my gym because you represent PKC, you represent our karate club. And it's the same in our Christian walk. We represent Christ no matter where we are. If we're in the church, if we're at work, if we're at school, wherever we are, if we're at Hobby Lobby, you're representing Christ. One funny thing, uh, my son, my youngest son, also got his black belt. He actually got it the year before I did. He was 11, I think, when he got his black belt. He was so little. And one of the things that they made him do, um, when he first started that whole year long, he said, Master Pratt told him, he said, okay, your job, in addition to all of the stuff you have to learn, in addition to all of your school and everything else that you have to do, your job this year is to do the dishes every single day. He did not really like hearing that, but I did. I was like, yes, let's let everybody go through it. So when Colin got his black belt, he tied that belt around him and Colin, the very first thing he said to me was, mom, I don't ever have to do the dishes again. Now the funny thing is, is Master Pratt overheard him and he said, Colin, now I want you to do the dishes like a black belt. And what he was saying was, you need to keep that same attitude, that same determination, because it's gonna take you far in life. And so whatever it is in your life, maybe your hobby, I'm sure it's not martial arts, but maybe it's some other sport or hobby, whatever it is, it is who you are. But being a Christian is who you are and keep that same endurance. So speaking of that, I, there was a video that I found and I asked Abby to show it really quick because it talks, it shows a little bit about maybe not having endurance. Do you have that ready? Okay, Damien, just qualify, but he did not Edwin, use your knees. On your belly. Edwin. Well, this is the one that Edwin has trouble with. We don't leave that behind. <laughs> not 
not at our school, but I love it because you know what? Sometimes we all need a little help, right? We all need a little bit of encouragement. We all need someone to come along alongside of us. The thing is, um, our next 80 rounds of fighting is this coming Saturday. But the truth is, I'm not gonna go. Because you know what? I didn't keep fighting like I fought that year. I've been training, I've been doing some stuff, but I've not continued. I've not been doing the running. I've not been doing the cardio. I'm not ready for it. And I'm kind of embarrassed to show up and not be able to fight. And so that's the enemy, right? And it's the same in our Christian walk, that we don't want you to live in condemnation or that you've done something that maybe you've slidden back just a little bit and then you think, it's just not worth it. I can't do this. I'm too embarrassed. I'm, I'm going to stop coming to church. I didn't read my Bible. I was supposed to read something for the ladies' Bible study and I didn't. And so maybe I won't go this time. But don't let the voice of the enemy silence you. So tonight we're encouraging you to finish strong. So some of the things that keep us from finishing strong might be doubt, fear, discouragement, or offense. And this is kind of wrapped up Pastor Ken's last week. Pastor Ken taught last week, this is the first thing on your notes. Pastor Ken taught last week that the number one thing we have to do to finish strong is to walk in love because love covers a multitude of sins. And as we start to mature, we don't necessarily have to learn to forgive an offense. We get to the point where we can overlook an offense and it really has no power over us anymore. Tonight's sermon is a little bit different. It's the second part, part two in Finishing Strong. And the title is Finding Your Identity in Christ to Finish Strong. Because we can't walk in that love like he talked about. We can't extend the love of God to others until we know and experience it for ourselves. The last couple of months, my devotional time has been stirring up something inside of me. It's kind of woken up something inside of me that I know God wants me to share with you tonight. And that is knowing who we are in Christ. Now in Tree Kids, whatever we teach, we always try to have a prop or some kind of an object lesson. I'm not sure if you can see in the back, this is a dictionary. And I brought it tonight because this is my prop, okay? First, your first blank says, the purpose of a dictionary is to define things. That's no great revelation, right? Everybody knows what a dictionary is for. It serves a purpose because it brings us into agreement into what something or a word means. That's, that's really important for us to come into agreement and to come into an understanding of what something means. I don't know if you remember in school, but maybe you were trying to, you couldn't spell something with a big long word and your teacher told you to go look it up and you're like, but I don't know how to spell it. Because even as a kid, you knew that's not what a dictionary was for. The purpose of it was to define something. So the question tonight is, the second blank on your, on your outline, is what, or rather who, defines us? What or who defines us, or defines you, or defines me? Is it culture? Is it this world? Is it friends, family, finances? magazines, social media, and any of these things is a certain failure to measure up. So the question tonight is what has dictionary power in your life? What has dictionary power over you? And I want you to grasp the importance of this tonight. The next Blake is give God and his word dictionary power in your life. 
Give God and his word dictionary power in your life. Let's let him define us because anything else doesn't give us a true picture of who we really are. He created us, so it's his prerogative to define us, to tell us who we are. The next blank is find your identity in Christ. And tonight I really just wanna encourage you about finding your identity in Christ, to know who you are, to know whose you are, as the Bible and as Jesus tells us who we are. Now, if you let culture do it, culture has come up with some pretty weird words, right? And they're probably not even in our dictionary, or maybe they are, but they don't mean what they meant in the dictionary when we wrote it out. So I wrote down a couple, like you might have remembered, I don't know, some of y'all are younger than me, a lot of y'all are younger than me, but the word um, cool, right? Like that when our parents were, that meant like the temperature, and then for us it meant, oh, that's, that's cool. Well, now they're using words like dope and sick, and that's supposed to be a compliment. So, you know, you just have to, you have to learn these things. There's dictionaries even for these kind of words. And then there's some new words like Brexit, right? We just create something and make something up. And then there's, this is a new one that is a little bit older now, but I recently heard one of the kids use it and I had never heard it before. And it was on fleek. Okay, so some of y'all know, if you don't know what on fleek means, it has to do with perfectly groomed eyebrows like that matters. So that's a whole word, that's a whole new phrase. And you know where they found it? On something called a vine, which really isn't something that blackberries or strawberries grow on. It's some kind of other social media thing. But luckily I work in kids ministry and they can help me. If I don't know something, I, instead of being so embarrassed, I can ask a little kid and they can school me in all of it. <clears throat> so what I wanna encourage you tonight is let's put down our urban dictionaries and put down your magazines and put down your social media and pick up God's word and let him define you. Let's see what he has to say about us and let's give him dictionary power. Pastor Don's series has been called He Said and it's about the importance of knowing the Bible and believing that it's true. So we're gonna see what God says about us and let's, let's let God define us. The next blank says to come into alignment with who and what God says we are, to come into alignment. I don't know if you've ever had anything out of alignment. Maybe the wheels on your car weren't quite right or maybe your back was out of alignment. And the truth is it's not just in your back where it hurts, right? It affects so many different areas. Well, the same is true in our Christian walk. When we're not aligning up with what God says with who we are in Christ, and finding our identity in Christ, everything else is also out of alignment. But what I wanna stress is that it isn't about becoming something. That's your next blank. It isn't about becoming something, it's about awakening to who you truly, really already are. So tonight I just wanna wake you up to the truth and let's let God define us and let his definition wake us up to who you are and who you were really created to be. This is one of Pastor Don's comments and he says it all the time. He says, we're gonna let God is who he says he is and he'll do the things he says he'll do, right? Y'all have heard him say it hundreds and hundreds of times. I wanna take that one step further tonight. And I wanna say it this way, it's your next blank. I am 
who God says I am. And I am empowered to do the things he says I can do. Let that sink in for a second. I want you to confess that I am who he says I am. Wake up in the morning and say, I am who he says I am. And I'm empowered to do the things he says I can do. That's why we've been encouraging you to have that devotional time to get into the word because that is who you truly, really are. Let's align ourselves with what an unlimited God says about us. Now, this isn't gonna be on the screen, but it is on your notes or on the live notes. It's a list of who I am in Christ. It's a short list, actually. It looks like a long, a lot of things up there, but it's really not that, when I Googled who I am in Christ, Google gave me 13 million results. 13 million results of who I am in Christ. So I just picked a few for you to have here. I want you to use this at home. I want you to, maybe if this isn't the ones that relate to you and you want to find some others, Google it yourself. Some of them have the little memes that you, or it's a cute little picture that you can print out and have that in your Bible. Have it in your car. Have it in your bathroom. Have it when you go to bed at night. Have it when you wake up. So here's a few of these. I'm a child of God. I am loved. I'm Jesus' friend. I'm seated in heavenly places. And it goes on and on and on. I am victorious through Jesus Christ, and I am an overcomer. Try saying that when you wake up in the morning and redefine who you are. The last one on there, and I'm going to ask Avi to put that one up on the screen. And I know it looks like gibberish. But we have a series right now we're doing in Tree Kids and it's called Crowned. And it doesn't look like much, but I'm fixing to explain to you what it means. Our series is called Crowned and we've been teaching the kids about kings and queens of the Bible and about being a part of God's kingdom and how they can be a part of God's kingdom. And this is their memory verse. And it's pretty long as you can see. So what we decided was we would take the first letter of every word and we're, we kind of left a little prompt up when they come in to check in. So when we ask them for their memory verse, they come up there, they don't just go totally blank. We can prompt them. Kind of a little cheat sheet. And this is the first letter of every word of their memory verse. It's really long. But I tell you what, they learned it when I have this up there. We taught it to them. They, some of them learned it the first week or in two weeks. We've just been doing it a few weeks and most of the kids can say it. Practice with them at home. Your kids come home every week with a homework paper, with what the lesson was about, and with something for you to reinforce at home. Now, the littler kids, the younger kids, they still had a portion of it that they're learning, but the elementary kids have learned this whole portion. And this is what it says. They came up for Gearbox, and I said, do you know your memory verse? And I show them this, and this is what I hear. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the kingdom of darkness into his wonderful kingdom of light. That's what your kids are confessing. That's what they're learning. And we want you to be learning the same thing. If you were here for um, our Christmas program, you saw the kids recite the creed. It's what we taught them um, in the fall. We created it and we taught it to them. And actually, I still have a few of these little wallet cards. They're on the very back table where we have the prayer request. We have a few left if you'd like one. But this is what they learned to say. I'm a child of God and I stand on his promises. I'm a truth seeker and a prayer warrior. I'm ready and equipped to overcome the enemy. They're powerful when they say this. So take one of these.
If you're in here tonight and you don't have a place that you're serving yet, we want you to get plugged in where God wants you to be. I want you to understand that. But if you've been wondering like, I don't know where I fit or, or maybe I'm brand new at this and I don't really know what I need to do. I'll tell you what, over in Tree Kids, we break it down into bite-sized pieces. We break down God's word. We don't water it down, but we break it down. And so it might be a really great place for you to learn some real foundational truths. He wants to awaken us to who we already, who he already knows we are. And all these creeds, all these quotations, all these confessions of who I am. Your next point says, I want you to study this not to become more, but to recognize we already are more. You already are these things because God says so. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. But you, the only truth that sets you free is the truth that you know. So you have to know it. So this is just a short a short little list of who you are in Christ, but find something that works for you. I, I love that when Pastor Don said, he, um, I guess it was on Sunday, what's the best version of the Bible? And he said, the one that you'll read. Amen to that. That's exactly right. What's the best quote? The one that you're going to remember? The one that you're going to remember to quote? So I want to look at one of the parables tonight that Jesus taught and look at it in, in the light of how he sees us. This is from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. We call it the prodigal son. This version calls it the parable of the lost son. This is what it says. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And if you have your Bibles open, I want you to underline this next part. When he came to his senses... When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said what he had practiced. He said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father didn't even acknowledge him. He did not even acknowledge that because the father knew that's a lie. You are my son. Instead, he just ignored him and he spoke to his servants. And he said, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. 
Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you will kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So here's some thoughts on that. In this parable, the younger son, who we call a prodigal, and then notice I call him the first son because he's the first one mentioned in here. The first son sought significance and identity apart from his father, even though he already had everything. He was looking for his identity somewhere else. The father said he was once dead, but now he's alive. And what he meant was he was once dead to his true identity. He had forgotten who he was, but now I'm reminded him and he's alive to it. That's why he brought out the, the robe. That's why he gave him the ring. He wanted to remind him of who he was. So here's the father. He doesn't even, ju- he doesn't judge him at all. He, he has no condemnation for the son. He doesn't judge him. All he does, the only correction he makes is correcting his self-image. He corrects his self-image. He reminded him who he was and who he has been the whole time. And not only did he give him a robe and a ring, he threw an extravagant party. So here's the second son. He also, he refused to enter his father's house. So the next blank there is the second son became the second prodigal through judgment. He also refused what was his because he had a low image of his brother by judging him and he had a low image of his father thinking he didn't have enough for both of them. We have to correct our self-image of God. He's not here to condemn us. He's here to remind us of who we already are. Both prodigals inflicted pain on themselves. The first one by chasing the pleasures of this world apart from the father and the second one through judgment. They both missed out. Neither for a time were able to enjoy the father's banquet. Neither of them were really aware. They didn't experience that everything the father had was already theirs. Now let's look back at the father. These are your last two blanks. The father longed to feast with both of them. He tried to correct each of their self images by reminding them of who they were. He tried to tell them both it was always theirs to partake in. He awaits to celebrate who they already are and invites him to the banquet. And it's the same with our heavenly father. He awaits to remind you of who you are. So back to the dictionary that I showed you at the beginning. The truth is what you believe about yourself, it doesn't define you. Only the father can define you because that's that's who he is. Only what he says defines you because it's the truth. But what we believe about ourselves, our own perceptions can define the experiences we have in this world. 
So you have to decide what you're gonna give dictionary power. God's only correction is to redefine, to correct our self-image and remind us of who we truly are. And he wants us to do that. He wants to do that through an elaborate and extravagant display of position and celebration. We're his sons. We're his daughters. And he wants us to see ourselves that way and know that everything he has is yours. So let's bring our perceptions into alignment with his. Let's wake up and make a choice to agree with who God says we are. Let's give him dictionary power in our lives. Let's align ourselves with the truth so that we can experience the love of God, so that we can walk in the love of God, so that we can have endurance and finish strong. So maybe you've been napping and you wanna know, how do I wake up? So I have two questions for you tonight. The first question is, are you a son or daughter of the king? If you're not, we're gonna give you a chance in just a minute to become that. And the second question is, which, maybe which prodigal do you identify with? Have you let your identity be found in something other than the word of God? Or maybe you're the second prodigal and you've been judging your brother or have a low image of your father. So what you can do about that is just come back into alignment with what God says, come into agreement and let his truth have dictionary power over you. When you read these declarations, when you confess who you are in Christ, we've given you some um, resources tonight for that, some scriptures. There's, and like I say, you can find them anywhere, but just reposition yourself to know who you are. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.